0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our morning session of Reach Conference with Pastor Vanessa Pristano, speaking about mental health and finding freedom. Enjoy this message. Can we give God the glory? I'm nobody. Come on, Lord, we thank you. Father, we exalt you in this place. Father, you are so good. Come on. Yes, Lord. Wow. Wow. That worship was so awesome. I was like starting to cry. I'm like, I can't do this right now. I can't do this right now. But wow. Hasn't it been an awesome week? I am so blessed by this week. And I'm so blessed by what God is doing. Just seeing these young people worship up here. What a blessing. They're contending. They're pressing in. And I feel like you guys are ready. You're ready this morning. Who's ready? Amen. Well, first off, I, I want to thank my pastors, Pastor Omar, Sister Lethe. I honor you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for everything that you've imparted into my life. At the age of 14, uh, the small church in Hawthorne, have you guys been hearing? And the small church in Paramount merged, and we became a small church. <laughs> thank you guys so much for imparting into my life. And not only does Pastor Omar... Not only did he give youth the platform, he gave females and women the platform also. I don't know why, though. I felt like the guinea pig of it all. So we started doing, um, he wanted women to do prayer and go up, do the opening, and then after, after worship, do prayer, and he's like, I want you to do it. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, yes, you're going to do it. I said, no, that's stupid. They're going to laugh at a girl being up there doing prayer, and I'm not going to be the first one. And I remember in the cafe, I was yelling. I was like, I'm not going to do it, Pastor Omar. He was sitting in his little office, and I'm like, I'm not going to do it, but I did it. But thank you. Thank you because I was all talk, but I didn't have no boldness, and I didn't have any confidence. So thank you for helping me build that. Amen. So my name is Vanessa Braseno. If you call me by my Instagram name, Mindfulness, I may laugh in your face because it's funny to me. I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't take myself that seriously. Amen. I'm married to the wonderful and most handsome Hector Braseno. <laughs> and we pastor the amazing church of Reach San Pedro. Yes. How awesome. They were in a massive group this morning, contending and interceding for this morning. Praise God. You know, I've been part of this fellowship for 35 years. I was born and raised in this fellowship. And my mom got saved at the age of 18. Thank you, mom, for not giving up. We drove, when we merged churches, we drove from Culver City to Paramount over an hour. And she took us with four kids. Let's go every Wednesday, every Sunday. She led the prayer on Tuesdays. Let me tell you something, parents don't give up. Don't give up. Your children need you. Get up and go. Amen. I'm not even preaching yet. Come on. You know, I've been in the mental health field for 10 years, I am now a mental health specialist. Uh, marriage family therapist. And I love, I love what I do. Absolutely love it. And maybe you came in today and you heard there was going to be a breakout on mental health. Our very first. How awesome is that? You came in and you you heard a therapist, a pastor was going to be speaking. Maybe you came in With your list of symptoms as if you were going to the doctors and you say, today I need my answer. Today I need my breakthrough. These symptoms, I can't deal with them anymore. Maybe they sound a little like this. Irritability, frustration, angry outburst, feeling of guilt and worthlessness, feeling excessively sad or low, feeling confused. Confuse thinking or problem concentrating and learning. Extreme mood change. Avoid friends or social activities. Difficulties understanding or relating to other people. Come on. Difficulties perceiving reality. Delusions. Hallucinations. Fantasies in the mind. Unexplained physical pain. Headaches. Stomachs. Inability to carry out daily activities or handle daily problems of stress. Possibly you're in here and you've had that intrusive thought. Just kill yourself. Just kill yourself. Just end it here. And maybe you're sitting in this place and you've been ashamed of those thoughts. And you haven't spoke to anyone about those thoughts. But today the Lord wants to bring you freedom. You know, maybe you're here and you're like, okay, what is this? Is it my menopause? Is it the postpartum? Let me tell you something about those two things. Although your hormones are going a little whack, hormones and chemical change don't create thought. Let me tell you something. If you are feeling a little moody, But you're having distorted thoughts. You're having negative thoughts. We still have the responsibility to bind the enemy. We still have the responsibility to take every thought captive. Okay. Don't just say, I'm going through postpartum. Don't say, I'm, I'm, the menopause is hitting me and just lay there. Deal with it. Okay. Listen, symptoms are good. Symptoms are good. That's God's way of telling us there's something going on deeper within. Symptoms are good. Like the check engine light on your car is good. It tells us to look under the hood. Don't be ashamed of the symptoms. Stop trying to get rid of the symptoms. Let's get to it. Research, secular research shares that there's no single cause for mental illness. A number of factors can contribute to risk for mental health. Your genes, family history, your life experiences, such as stress, history of abuse, history of trauma, especially in childhood, biological factors such as chemical imbalances in the brain, traumatic brain injury, a mother's exposure to viruses while you're in the room, Alcohol, drugs, having few friends, feeling lowly, and isolated. This is what secular research says. We thank God for for the science. And we thank God for the psychology, the study of the mind. Let me mention two things about the genetic factors. And I want you guys to think as I'm sharing this information Because when I speak to my clients, I say my goal is not to advise you. As I I ask you questions, I want you to think about why you think the way you think. I want you to know why you feel the way you feel. So as I read these two things, take this into consideration. Genetic factors. There are no genetic tests to confirm a diagnosis for mental disorder. Because experiences and environment play an important role in the development of a mental disorder. No genetic test will ever be able to tell with absolutely absolute certainty who will and who will develop a mental disorder. Secondly, biochemical imbalances. I always hear this. I think my chemicals are going out of balance. Research shows that a chemical imbalance cannot be tested or measured. Harvard Medical School reports, the most common evidence used to support the chemical imbalance theory theory is the effectiveness of antidepressant medication. Meaning, if the medication is working for you, you must have had a chemical imbalance. But listen to the next thing. Hold up. This is secular research. Research generally shows that psychotherapy, meaning talking to a therapist, hold up, is more effective than medication? Hmm. And that adding medication does not significantly improve outcomes from psychotherapy alone. Wow. Am I saying you need a therapist? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that if talk therapy, if talking to someone, if confessing, if sharing with someone what you're going through has the power to rewire and renew your mind, how much more powerful, come on, how much more powerful is allowing the Holy Spirit to renew you? Come on, come on, Romans 12, two, don't. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, which is pleasing, which is perfect. Wow. Science is catching up with the word of God. It's proving that your mind could be renewed. Research has done a great job of explaining the cause of mental health conditions, but they're missing the biggest component. They're missing the spirit. The secular world only sees the mind and the body and how they affect each other they don't speak about the spirit. Mental illness affects the whole person, which is why we need to seek a whole answer. We are body, soul and spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5:23, may God himself the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May God may your whole spirit, soul And body kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is concerned with your mind. The Lord is concerned with your soul. He is concerned with what you do with your body. He is concerned with what you do with your spirit. We cannot separate the three. Come on. Today I want to look at the spiritual side of mental illness. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We pray for those right now that are having trouble concentrating. We loose the strong man right now. And we, we give that person the ability to receive this information. And I pray that the truth will set them free today. And we pray, Father, that there will be deliverance. And that bondages will be broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Sorry, I keep looking down because I'm getting used to this timing. Okay, I want to make sure I'm on the right time. So many Christians are victims of Satan's strongholds, which is an influence or grip, persistent oppression, obsession, hindrances, and harassment. As Christians, we can have strongholds and we can be oppressed. We can be influenced by demonic forces and not even be aware of it. Why? Because your therapist is not talking about that. We know that Christians can be possessed by demons, right? But symptoms and behaviors of spiritual matters look very similar to symptoms and behaviors that are linked to mental health diagnosis. We are more spiritual than physical. Know that. Here are some signs. That you may have strongholds. That you are operating more in the flesh. And that you are experiencing oppression. Here we go. Are you ready to hear this? Don't point to your neighbor. Don't point to your wife. Listen. Emotional problems. Resentment. Hatred. Anger. Fear. Overwhelming. Fear of rejection. Feeling unwanted. Unloved. Self-pity, jealousy, depression, worry, impurity, insecurity. Two, mental problems. Disturbances in the mind or the thought life. Mental torment. Procrastination. Indecision. Compromise. Confusion. Doubt. Loss of memory. Okay, don't say I'm losing my memory so I'm oppressed. Okay. <laughs> Speech problems. Angry outbursts or uncontrolled use of the tongue, lying, cursing, blasphemy, criticism, mockery, gossip. Sex problems, reoccurring unclean thoughts in acts regarding sex, fantasy, lust, perversion, homosexuality, fornication, adultery, incest, incest, addictions. Physical infirmities. Many diseases and physical affirmities are due to the spirit of infirmity. Religious error. False religion. Occult. Spiritualism. False doctrine. You know, before salvation, we lived a life disconnected from God. Independent of him. And during that time, we've opened doors To the enemy through sin and unfortunately from, for, from sin that was placed on you. What are you talking about? I thought only I could open up that door. Listen, parents. More than I'll say 90% of my clients have all been exposed to pornography at a very, very young age. That door, whether you've opened it or not, it's in your home. They may not have known what they were getting into, but slowly the addiction is wiring. Come on, be careful with your children, watch. Watch. molestation, rape at a young age, those doors are being opened on you. You didn't choose them, but they're being open on you. We need to understand that we, this is the temple. This is our home. And we can choose how and when to open those doors, but we can't choose who or what is going to walk in. At salvation, we have the responsibility to remove every demonic spirit that has entered through those doors. It's just not, it's not a poof. When you give your life to God, when you say the the prayer, that's just step one. We're going to get to the root of it right now. Many of those demonic influences have rooted themselves in your life. Just because you're saved now, it doesn't mean that they're naturally just going to leave. We need to identify the roots and remove them. So many of us are living... A fruitless Christian life because we are rooted in things that are not of the Lord. As believers, we have to keep the trespassers out of our home. Be aware of the trespassers. They'll be knocking at your door. If your doors are closed, it doesn't mean that they're still not going to try to come in. In the last few months, I've had two trespassers visit my home. Not, not this home, my physical home in San Pedro. One was found in my garage and the other one was found taking our mail, just walking out. Listen, we didn't get a ghetto on them. Thank God they weren't violent trespassers. But you know, one coming out the garage with my husband spearfishing stuff said, Oh, I thought Johnny lived here. I came to visit Johnny. My husband like, get your, get your butt over here. Get your butt out of here. Right now. He pulled him outside the gate, said, empty your pockets, bro. You have my things. That's what we need to do to the enemy. When Walking into that back gate. <laughs> empty your pockets, bro. Those are my things. You cannot walk away with them. Listen. This is an illustration of us right here. This is us before Christ. Here's where we make the mistake. We give God our life. And we say, oh, salvation, my new life. All right. Here we go. I'm walking with Christ. Guess what's still in there? Those roots are still there. Changing the pot doesn't change the fruit. Come on. Changing hoochie gear to church gear does not change the route. Right? This is why we have church hoppers. Because they think the pot, the church, a different church, they're looking for community. They're looking for someone that's going to accept them. I'm going to the next church right there. Guess what? You're the problem, bro. You're facing the rejection everywhere you go. It's not the people. It's you. Jeremiah 7, 8. I love this scripture. They are like trees planted along a river bank and roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The roots that are being spoken in this scripture are connected to the water. You know, I've learned how to do this beautiful thing. It's called propagate. I love it because it's free plants. (laughs) So this was originally from another plant. And I cut off the leaves. I just cut off right here a little bit. Where there was no root. And I placed them in water. And these are all fresh roots that grew into this water. Isn't that beautiful? This needs to be a picture of our life with Christ. We need to be connected and rooted to the stream, to the main source. We cannot take that old plant. We cannot take those old roots and just move them into a new pot. Today, we're going to look at some root issues that have affected our mental health anything rooted outside of god will not produce fruit and they will have a difficult time maintaining green leaves when the drought comes and the heat hits number one false guidance and participation with cults and the occult second corinthians 4 1 through 2 Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways, and we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth, plainly we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the right, in the sight of God. We need to renounce Every immoral practice, every distortion of truth, God does not take lightly false guidance nor false teachers. Listen, be aware of false guidance in the church. These false, these false teachers are generally influential. They draw people. They seem like they have a heart for people. They seem like they love people. Come on, be very careful of people starting their own groups in the church that have not been released by your pastor. Be very, very careful. There may be a form of godliness. They may be preaching the truth. But they're gathering an audience for one, and that's themselves. That's not for God. Be careful that you're not following anyone in rebellion. If they've already been told, you can't do that. And they're still doing it because they think they're operating in their spiritual gifts. They're in witchcraft, and you're following that. Be very careful who you follow. You will open up doors to the enemy. The enemy's tactic is to bring division and deception. You know, in Matthew 3, we see the Pharisees come to get baptized. And John says, you brought of vipers. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. They wanted to... They wanted the blessing. Come on, listen to me. They wanted the blessing without giving up tradition, practices, and religious spirits. Be very careful. Don't turn to other spiritual practices or guidance. Leviticus 26, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spirits to prostitute themselves by following them and I will cut them off from their people. This includes third eye activity. Don't be reposting that crap. It sounds very similar to the word of God without God. You become your own God and you're not. When your kids are acting crazy, don't take them to your tia concha to get washed with an egg. I'm serious. (laughs) You'd be surprised. Listen, if you're waking up to the crop, the rocks and crystals by the, by the side of your bed, and you're still visiting that person that reads you the cards, stop that. Listen, I had a young lady at my church. Dang, this time goes by fast. And she she came in, she got saved, and and, uh, I gave her a word. I said, hey, you need to get rid of your rocks and crystals and all that stuff. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I don't practice anymore. It's just decoration in my room. I said, I'll buy you new decoration. And she said, no. She was still attached to that stuff. Come on, let me hop over. Our hope needs to be in God. Hope is an antidote to depression. Psalms 43, 5. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again. My savior, my God. You need to renounce false religion, false guidance, false teachers, false practice. Throw them away when you get home. Number two, deception. Deception is so broad, we can sit here all day about this. But everyone that I have worked with that struggles with mental health, as I'm asking the questions, I can identify the deception is just full blown in their life. Deception can be how we view God, how we view ourselves. People in bondage to the lies they believed, not to the trauma or abuse they have suffered listen we understand that there's PTSD and some you know the chemicals in your body have reactions to different things but for the most part we walk away from that trauma from that abuse we walk away with lies and the lies are about ourselves i'm unloved i'm unworthy i'm insecure i'm not good enough Maybe you're here and you're saying this, but I didn't go through trauma. I grew up in church and I'm still struggling. I'm having these overwhelming moments of depression and anxiousness. Maybe you're a leader or you're a pastor here and you be, and you're saying, you know, I, I, I'm really struggling. I haven't really told anybody, but there's moments where I I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't even want to go to church. It's, it's nothing's enjoyable for me anymore. All it takes is for you to believe one lie. It doesn't even need for you to, to go through a traumatic experience. Look at Adam and Eve. They were perfect in the garden. When they were there, they had everything that they needed. Genesis three, one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other, any of the wild animals the Lord God made, he said to the woman, did God really say, did God really say you must not eat from that tree? You know, and the enemy's telling you guys, did God really send you to that city? Did God really want me to marry that man? Did God really want me to marry that woman? Maybe not. Maybe I got to start looking somewhere else for something else. Maybe I wasn't obedient with what he told me before, so now I got to go there. All it takes is for you to receive one doubt. And if you believe that lie, that's going to cause you some turmoil. You know, a few years back, the enemy came to me and my husband and said, did God really say Did God really send you guys to San Pedro or did you guys just have to fill in because your brother was going to Texas? Let me tell you. For a moment, we entertained it. And it was a nasty feeling. We were emotionally distraught and drained. Thank God we went to our pastors and they spoke truth over our life. And now we're thriving. Nothing could take us out of our city. A few weeks ago, there was a shooting on the street before us. There was a shooting on the street behind us. And there was a suspected murder across the street of our of our house. Within a week. And guess what? No devil is going to take us away. And the my youth, were my young adults were there and I said, well... This is where God has us. I have no fear. I have no doubt. And when you have no fear, when you have no doubt, it doesn't matter what's taking place around you. You are cool, calm, and collective. I have the peace of joy in my life. I know there's a hedge of protection around my house and that nothing can touch us. We know the weapons are going to be formed, right? But we're going to fight back and we ain't going to be touched. That's the confidence we need. We can't let that doubt set in. Goodness. There's so many different times there. Okay, thank you, Pastor Omar. Okay, let me skip through a few things. There's just so much here. Listen, listen deception is the biggest strategy of the enemy. Sorry about that. First Peter 5, be sober-minded and self-disciplined. To think. Sober minded means self discipline to think rationally and not foolishly. Be village, vigilant. Be alert to spiritual pitfalls in your life. This is what the scripture is talking about. John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do the father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, and he is and and he is the father of all lies. We know the enemy has no power; the only power he has is the deception that you believe. Second Corinthians ten three through five. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Bitterness. Bitterness. Scientists have concluded that bitterness, if left unchecked, interferes with the body's hormonal and immune system. Maybe that's why the chemical imbalance is taking place. Bitter people tend to have higher blood pressure and a higher heart rate. And are much more likely to die of diseases and illnesses. There's a reason why God is saying get rid of the bitterness. He's trying to protect you. Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you falls to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Wow. He's telling us that the bitterness, if left unchecked, it's going to trouble you. Something, he knows that your mind is going to go out of whack. He knows that, that that's your root issue. That's why you are feeling the symptoms you're not just struggling with anxiety. We can't just get rid of anxiety. We got to get rid of the root issues so that the symptoms can go away. Matthew eight thirty two thirty five. Then the master called to the servant. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. We need to forgive. We need to forgive. I know it was a terrible pain. I know that it continues to happen over and over and over again. That the forgiveness is for you. The forgiveness is so that you can live in freedom. You are imprisoned in your mind to torment because you are not forgiving. Number three, rejection. The doors of the spirit of rejection is mostly entered during childhood. And even in the mother's womb. The enemy is evil and he does not play fair. He takes full advantage of the weakest time in your life. Scientists placed an MRI machine on some people and asked them to recall recent moments of rejection. And they discovered something remarkable. It activates the same area of the brain where we feel physical pain. This is why you have the fear of rejection because when you felt that first rejection, it, it's not your brothers and sisters rejecting you. It, it's, it's the root one. It's your mom leaving you. It's your mom saying, I didn't want a girl. I wanted a boy and treated you like a boy. It's those roots of rejection that when you feel it again or you perceive to feel it again, you feel that same pain, like a physical pain. This is why people that have not suffered from rejection Look at someone and was like, bro, I was just sick that day. I didn't say hi to you because I didn't feel good, but they felt the pain of you not saying hi to them. You need to get rid of that root of rejection. Rejection caused fear, a a fear with the fear of being rejected and unable to receive love. Fear of being rejected so they become people pleasers. Fear of rejection so they don't get hurt again, ridiculed. It can turn into self-rejection, self-hate. Well, something's wrong with me. I may not be good enough. So then you go through life thinking something's wrong with you. Rejection causes depression. It causes perfectionist. You think that if you can do everything by the book that you're gonna get, be given a position because you're good enough. That's not the truth. You're not good enough. None of us are good enough. It causes pride. Pride is a strong man and it is a stubborn spirit that needs to go today. It causes rebellion to authority. When we don't get rid of that root of rejection, we go through life being rebellious. That's why we don't listen to our leaders. This is why we don't listen to the pastor. We show up to church for a social gathering because we feel good. We're not really there to receive change. Number four, habitual sin will keep us in bondage. We need to understand that our flesh... And there's a portion of our brain that's called the feeling brain. It loves sin. It loves sin. For many of us, the only comfort or sense of happiness, happiness we ever had growing up was in our sin. And this is why... In your walk with God, you take that habitual sin with you. Because that's the only thing that felt good when nothing else felt good. But let me tell you today, you need to let it go because God needs to heal you. Maybe that sin's been your coping mechanism. It self-soothes you. It relaxes you. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted. He will also provide a way out. Don't tell me. The, the scripture doesn't say, say that. You're not going to be tempted beyond. And there's, no gonna, there's not going to be a way out if you're an addict. He doesn't say that in his word. There's always going to be a way out for you not to sin. We need to be self disciplined we need to be accountable we need to speak up and and tell someone this is what i'm dealing with i need you to help me matthew twenty six forty one. the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak that's the problem the flesh is weak because you're feeding the flesh more than you're feeding the spirit We need to resist the enemy and he will flee. Habitual sin causes guilt and shame. You know that we were never, our body's not designed to experience an overload of guilt and shame. We know that the Holy Spirit brings conviction and it draws us back to him. But when we experience guilt and shame, there's something that happens to our body that we were never supposed to experience. And it's an ugly feeling that keeps us in isolation. It keeps us in hiding. It keeps us going back to the habitual sin. And lastly, family ties. Family ties. Am I saying to reject your family and stop talking to them? No. But if the influence of your family is far greater than the influence of the word of God on your life, you need to cut those ties. We are not responsible for the sins of our parents. We're not. We're not responsible for the sins of our ancestors. But we are responsible for what we do. We are responsible for the things that have affected us through their sin because it's gonna affect us. We might be tempted to follow in the same steps even though we think we're nothing like our mama. You are like your mama because you're doing what she did. We need to renounce family history patterns that strongly influence us. The fear of marriage, fear of divorce, that addiction taking place in your family We need to cut those ties. You can't be taking your kids to all these family parties and letting them sleep over all these places where where the where that that sin is has been constant in the family. That's where you need to draw the line and cut it. This is how we ba- break generational curses by rejecting family patterns and choosing to walk in freedom. Some of you guys the fa- the, the family tie is is so strong upon your life. You know how I know it's strong? Cuz you're you're grown now with your own family, but you're still trying to please your mom and dad. It still hurts you when they reject you you need to cut off that tie i'm not saying don't talk to your mom and dad no more i'm not saying that you need to uproot those things that still influence you deuteronomy 30:19 says we can either choose life and blessings Or death and cursings. This morning, what are you gonna choose? What are you gonna choose? Life and blessings or cursing? What's the other one? Death. Death and cursing. Listen, I'm so blessed to know that we are not a product of our past. You are not a product of your past. I'm blessed to know that we are not robots and that we have free will and that we have the decision to choose. Isn't that so wonderful that God is so awesome that he gives us, he gives us that opportunity to choose whether you're going to be like your family or you're going to move forward and be like the child of God that he's called you to be. Yes, Lord. God is good. Why don't we stand on our feet? Okay, Ness, so how do I find freedom? How do I find freedom? 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Like we discussed, you take every thought captive. That means that you have a chance to do something about all the thoughts that are not well-pleasing to God before they enter the heart and become part of you. We must stop making excuses. We have to stop saying I'm wired this way. You need to stop that. Yes. If you're saying I'm wired this way, you're saying I'm a product of my past. Because what you're saying is my upbringing influenced me to be who I am today and I can't change it. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Start making your way to the altar. Come on. Start making your way. Let's go let's go if you need freedom in this house just start making your way come on don't be shy don't be shy let's go make it fast come on i only got a few more minutes come on holy spirit yes come on move forward yes yes start preparing your mind and your spirit right now for freedom come on i I spoke about a few things today and you know that's you come on make room come forward come on squeeze in come on ushers help us out we need honesty and humility be honest and transparent with someone and with God acknowledge that you have been rooted in things that are not of the Lord confess there are some things that you have done in secret listen Listen carefully. If you have cheated on your wife, you can't just go to God and say, I repent and I'm done. You need to go tell her. You need to go tell your husband. That is what's causing that oppression over your life because you haven't confessed that. Come on. We need to confess. We need to renounce. We miss this part. We ne- we miss the part of renouncing. Right now, I want you to start renouncing. Under your breath. come on, say it out loud. I renounce the family ties. I renounce the bitterness. I renounce... Every form of spiritualism that I have received that doesn't align with the Word of God, I renounce it and I say today that it was false. Come on, say it. You have to say it. Come on, I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce it. And now we gotta repent. 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 Repent is an action. Renouncing is the confession. Listen, God hears your prayers. Look at me, look at me. This has been some of us. God, just take these thoughts away from me. God, take this depression away from me. God, take the anxiety away from me. God, give me power. God, give me authority. Look at me, what he's telling you today is that he's heard your prayer now it's time to get up and fight get up and fight we can't god is not going to take those thoughts away from you sorry he's not going to take those thoughts away from you you know what you have to do you have to fight we got to go into spiritual warfare I know no one's taught you this spiritual warfare is fighting is speaking back to those spirits it's speaking back to the intruders and you gotta say you gotta go nope those thoughts say that say that thought that's deceiving you that thought that I'm not gonna get married that thought that I'm gonna be alone the thought that I'm unworthy The thought that I'm unvaluable. And then you take the word of God and you say, you lying devil. You lying devil. The word of God says something different. The word of God says something different. Tonight, this morning, I want you guys to go into battle. Some of you guys have just laid there and have taken it and have taken it. It's time to fight. It's time to fight. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Yes, Lord. Yes. do this right now let the lord bring that to your mind who who are you thinking about who are you still bitter with who have you not forgiven come on say their name i forgive who i forgive who say it say it the the enemy's gonna mute your mouth right now he does this he does this he does nothing new come on i forgive who i forgive who why what did they do what did they do to you say it say it what did they do to you come on what did they do to you okay next how did it make you feel come on we're gonna get somewhere right now how did it make you feel unloved unworthy unvaluable that's the lie that you've been believing and we tear down that lie right now we tear down that lie right now you are loved you are valuable you are significant Woo! yes lord freedom in this place come on